Welcome back to D1 Rejects. It's been a while. Uh, had a good break. Had a cru- Man, it's been it's been a while. We went on a cruise. Went to Nassau. Went to Florida. Been gone, man. Still repping the grit, though. Yep. Don't matter where we go. Um, good to be back. We've got a good guest joining us today out of North Central College, the Cardinals. They went and won their second national championship in the last three years. They won it in 2019. Won it this year. Um, well, four years, sorry. I had that year in between with uh, with COVID. But uh, big one for them. That's Jared Thornton. He'll be joining us here in a few minutes. And the that's the Stag Bowl, the D3 championship game. We haven't talked about the playoffs for them too much. ESPN. It was. Yeah, they were playing against Mount Union. Obviously a perennial, like, I guess borderline dynasty at this point in Division Three. I mean, you'll hear, you'll hear some of the stats later and think, yeah. Exactly. But North Central's right there. So that's one thing we're going to ask him is like, are you guys, you know, laying the groundwork right now for what that's going to be in, uh, that's Naperville, Naperville, Illinois. So very excited to talk to him. But uh, otherwise, in this episode, we're going to keep it pretty short, pretty sweet. Uh, We'll talk about the D3 championship game with Jared. We're going to talk about the NFL playoff situation, obviously, following the Bills and Bengals game. Thankfully, I'm sure if you're in any part of the football world, you've heard um, what seems to be very positive news um, about DeMar Hamlin and his recovery right now he's neurologically intact that was kind of the key word that everyone has been throwing around so that's obviously fantastic to hear he's not um speaking yet i don't think he still has a breathing tube and those type of things but the fact that he's awake writing yeah exactly people probably already saw but he said like yeah we win and yeah that whole that quote was awesome he asked that was the first thing he asked when he woke up is is who won right and the doctor said yeah. Do you remember? Uh, you won. You won the game of life. Exactly. That's sick, yeah, dude. That's Thanks really, to have a movie. I know. It was pretty cool. So and, and watching that, like, I don't know the dude. I've never known of the dude. I was shaken up watching that live. Yeah, dude. It was ridiculous. You've never seen anything like that. I mean, that. like, the guy, the guy that gave him CPR saved his life. That one that's trainer. What, that's what they're saying, which is awesome. And Hopefully. My, I mean, when it's not. Yeah, you know yeah I mean? of course. Nothing, you know, obviously it's not over. They're not out of the woods yet. But my thing about that, too, watching that was to, to see the way the, hand, the broadcasters handled all yeah. of that. Because what are you supposed to do? They you go to commercial, yeah, right. you come back, you go back to commercial. And then I think it finally, we took a step when Scott Van Pelt took over because he is a he is a pro's pro. Oh, yeah. He just takes everything in stride. And then Ryan Clark came on there, and his insight was like. Yeah. I was watching it, yeah. It was unreal, dude. That's scary, dude. They did it. They did it. I just like kudos to them because they did yeah. a very good job. It Definitely. was tough. I saw and some like, on Twitter about that. You probably yeah. liked it. Uh-huh. I think, I think so because there's a time where it was like Schefter and Booger and them in the studio and they were kind of struggling to to reiterate and keep it. Yeah. You know, Booger was shaking up. I, yeah, I can't blame him. So um, obviously, you know, hopefully he's pulling out of that. That All the news that coming out of their camp seems to be very positive and very good right now. So Moving on from that, the NFL playoff situation with that game being basically officially canceled by the yep. NFL. Now you have to look forward to the playoff picture um, now that we can at least be somewhat assured that he's in stable condition. And uh, what that means for these other teams and uh, what the format's going to look like, it might be a little more unconventional than in the past couple of years. And then finally, we'll cap things off talking about the college football playoff. Best slate of college football playoff games that we've had in, in my memory. My gosh. Like, it seems like in years past, it's been a fraudulent team that snuck in every year. Uh, Notre Dame has been one of those teams more than once. Um, But I don't know why they just came to my mind. Even Ohio State some some years. It's not not just them. I don't want to single them out. Definitely not, um, like... Not this year. No, and that people thought TCU was going to be that team. So we'll talk about that later. Um, they're taking on the Bulldogs in the national championship game. We're going to talk all about that. But we're going to keep this one pretty short, pretty brief today. But uh, definitely be on the lookout. A lot of great guests coming down the line for us heading into the new year. And uh, 2023 
will be a good one. But as always, you can watch this episode on YouTube if you are. Don't forget the timestamps on the bottom. Take that little red slider and drag it to wherever you think is entertaining part of that conversation. Otherwise, listen pretty much anywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore rejects and on Instagram at Division One Rejects to see highlights from the show. Before we get into all of that, let's go to our guest from the Cardinals. Joining us on this episode, fresh off another national championship run in North Central, first team all CCIW offensive lineman, Gerard Thornton. Thank you for joining us tonight, brother. I'm pumped for this one. Uh, yeah, no problem, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Of course, of course. You said the hoodies from the hoodies from last year. You guys yeah. made it all the way to the finals as well, right? But lost in that championship game. Yeah, last year we made it back uh, back to the national championship following uh, the COVID year. Unfortunately, we lost to uh, University of Mary Harm Baylor. Uh, yeah, so. That was, that was a tough one last year. I bet. I bet. But you guys have been there, obviously. You come in 2019. Was 2019 your true freshman year? Yeah, 2019 is my true freshman year. So you come in and start all 15 games for the Cardinals at center, go all the way to the national championship, win the damn thing. I mean, hello, like, welcome to college football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro, that was actually crazy. Like, getting recruited out of high school, I was not expecting, like, to come in. And uh, be able to play right away. I was just trying to be like a sponge, bro. Soak, soak everything again, learn from the older guys. And, like, you know, by the grace of God, I was able to compete right away and, you know, took my opportunities, ran with it. And then uh, for week one, I was announced a starter, and then we just went from there, man. Good for you, man. That's, that's, sweet, so, that's awesome, dude. That is so – so, like, going into camp, obviously, you know, when you're going to be recruited by someone, you're looking at the depth chart or whatever, you know, the roster and those type of things. You're looking and seeing who's that position – did you know going into that, like, hey, there's a chance I can get in here and kind of be the dude for this this offensive line unit? Uh, honestly, I did not. I mean, uh, I was getting told a lot of different things in recruiting as far as, like, an opportunity. I mean, like, but that's everybody, though, you know, but you never really know until you get there right. and you get a chance, especially True. because we had a few guys that were still on the roster that started games at that position uh, the year before I got there. I mean, oh, got okay. here at, at North Central, so. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly didn't think I was going to be be able to play right away. Uh, I knew I'll probably have an opportunity, but I didn't know, you know, with the with the whole speed and and, and strength of you know college athletes. I didn't. I honestly didn't think I would be ready, but you know, uh, turned out that I was. So that was that was, that was a great thing, man. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, even like you know, D three, D two, NAI, whatever. Like these dudes are. Everybody was still the dude at their high school. Everyone has still had, like, yep. X amount of years to put on that strength, put on that speed, whatever it is. So um, I totally feel you there. But that is – I remember I was reading that. I was just going through your, your player profile, and I read that. I thought that was really cool. Um, but yep. your offense this year, the Cardinals, ridiculous. Like, video game numbers. You led all D3 in total offense and scoring, I'm sure. You don't need me to, to regurgitate all the stats for you, but I need to tell the people about it. Um, over 52 points a game. 355 rushing yards a game and over 50% on third and fourth down conversions. I thought that was a big one too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your running back was the Galliardi award winner. I think that was definitely a big piece of that, but that offensive line unit had to be a monster part of that, that <laughs> run game. I just wanted to know, like you had to love being a part of that offense, but more specifically the dominant rushing attack of, you know, that part of your offense. What was that like for you guys, man? Fun, obviously. It, yeah, it, it was fun, man. It was great. Like, to be honest, as an offensive lineman and as an offensive lineman in general, you want to be able to run the football. Like, that's what we pride ourselves yeah. on, like, you know, 
run the damn ball, you know what I'm saying? It's like the <laughs> it's like the mantra of every offensive lineman, every offensive line, I would say, in the country. And for us to be able to do it at the level that we did, it was outstanding, you know what I'm saying? We got a lot of good guys up front for us. And, and what, what obviously helps is the dominant running backs we have in the, in the backfield, not only Ethan Greenfield, but Terrence Hill, who came in, uh, it was a baller for us as well as the number two back. And, you know, they just run hard and they make our jobs a lot easier once they get past that first level. So we just take pride in getting those dudes past that first level yeah. and dominating the, the dominant front. So when they get to the linebacker level and, and, and in the secondary, they do their thing. That's awesome, dude. I mean, that's how you draw it up. I mean, oh, yeah. you got – Really, it's 10 on 11 unless you're running some wildcat stuff, right? So you're going to have a one-on-one somewhere. And if you got running backs like that, like, they're going to make a dude miss. They're going to run somebody over. That's what they're going to do. That's what they – you know, that's how they get their money. But, um, you know, you guys didn't start with the cupcake schedule either. I want to say two of your first three or four games were ranked opponents. Aurora was in there. And uh, I believe Wheaton. Was Wheaton the other one that was nationally ranked in those first couple opponents? So we actually played Aurora in the first game last was, year. Okay, uh, got you. Never mind. I flipped it yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, so this year, Wabash, they were our first game of the year, and they're, you know, nationally respected at the Division Three level uh, for what they – for their history and what they've done over the years. But Whedon, they were within our first four games gotcha. uh, this year, and, and, you know, they're a top ten, top five team year in and year it's out. It's said so, on the website, yeah. attendance for that game was 6,000 people. Yeah, that was, that was, that was probably – That had to be The nuts. biggest game, yeah, that I was a part of. Outside of uh, you know a few playoff games in the national championship, uh, but but yeah, like Wheaton, you know they're our biggest rival. We play those dudes for the Little Brass Bell. Uh, it's, okay. it's still in Naperville, fortunately. You know, there you go. We, 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 where is uh, where is Wheaton at in Illinois? Uh, they're about twenty minutes um, north. Oh, so they right down uh, the road. Yeah, uh, of Naperville, so they're they're real close. You said it was the Little Brass Bell. Yeah, it's called the Little Brass Bell. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm, that's we're cool. gonna have to we're gonna have to check that out. I did not know that going yes, into this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it after this for sure. Um, yeah, but that, then you guys, you know, you dominate in the regular season. You go into the playoffs. You do basically the same <laughs> thing. Um, had a couple tough games. Obviously, that's what the playoffs are for. But you, for the most part, took care of business. Now we'll fast forward right to the championship game, Mount Union. Run me through that one. Yep. You guys, your name has been obviously around. There's a couple big names right now. Um, Mount Union's definitely another one that's every year seems to be a contender. But run me through that game and what the you know kind of the flow of that one. Yeah, um, just Mount Union being who they are. You know, thirteen national championships, over twenty appearances in that game, and you know they've been the pinnacle of our level at the Division Three level for you know as long as I've been alive. You know, uh, so it's honestly an honor to get to play those dudes every year. I've played them every year I've been in college and I've fortunately been able to beat them every year I've been in college, but that program is still, you know, top tier at our yeah. level and, and they're, and they're always going to be there. So for us to, to go there in 2019, uh, pretty much get our program to find a win against them in the second round that year, which, you know, we went on to win the national championship that year. And then the, the following season after COVID, uh, we were able to play them again at their place in the semifinals to beat them again, to go to the national championship. Unfortunately, like I said, we lost to Mary Harmbrello that year. And then just to get back uh, this year, you know, this one uh, against them probably felt the best because it was a national championship game. Yep. But, you know, for your program uh, to take a jump, right, 
and, and, and consistently, you know, be one of those standards uh, throughout year in and year out. You have to, you know, beat the standard. And uh, we beat them in the national championship game, and it was and it was fitting for you know what we we're trying to do down here in Naperville. So oh, yeah. it, it it was amazing, man. It was yeah, amazing. Man. Unlike anything else, and like looking at the box score, and like, I didn't get to watch much of that game, but I mean, you guys were up on top, and you were up early, and it felt like at points like okay, they might put this one away because um, I remember just seeing updates and things, and then all of a sudden the fourth quarter rolls around. Mount Union had no points, but then here they go. They yeah. had twenty one in the fourth quarter. They made things interesting. And, you know, obviously there's no, there's no fear. Like you guys have confidence in the sideline, but like talk about how that changed the dynamic of that one. It had to be just, you know, swing the momentum a little bit, a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, um, we know, we knew what type of team they were. Yeah. And uh, uh, fortunately we have a really, really great defense and, you know, they shut them out for three quarters, but we knew that that team wasn't going to go away. They had, you know, a top two, top three receiver in the country, one of the best quarterbacks in the country as well. And we knew that if they if they hit their stride, then then they could start rolling, and yep. and, and they did in that fourth quarter. Uh, so you know it was you know it, it's obviously a little nerve wracking when you get into the close games like that. But you know our team, you know we we've been together like for the last like those two groups that that the fifth year senior and fourth year senior group, we played a, a lot of games together. So we've been in those type of situations. So, you, you know, and we, we just don't flinch, man. Uh, we just keep swinging. Uh, that's what we say. We just keep swinging. Uh, don't flinch. Keep fighting. Stay together. Uh, we don't yell at each other on the sideline. You know, we, we, we call each other up to the standard and, and not out. So, like, a lot of all those things that we, we go through and that we've been through, those shared experience, those help in a moment like that. So, when they did go up, we just stayed together, offense, defense, special teams, and we were able to finish that game out. Well said, dude. Well said. Dang. That's what you want. I mean, that's what you want. I'm trying to think. You said that immediately. Like, we don't get on each other on the sidelines, right? It's about standard and, and all. You said all the right things, like 100%. I just thought of uh, that Broncos backup quarterback. Who was that the other day? You see him getting into it with the offensive lineman? <clears throat> oh, yeah, right then? Yeah. Did you uh, Did yeah. you catch that the other day on the sideline? That's like, if you see that on an opposing sideline, you're like, okay, we're, we're in. Like, this game ain't over, but like... We're in their heads. We're all over them like that. You just roll, man. So, like, for you to have the ability to, to not do that and, like, obviously you have a competitive nature down there in Naperville, but, like, to still just to hold that standard and be respectful to those guys and be confident in their ability is is huge. Now, uh, Gerard, I got a stat for you. All right. Mount Union is 42-0 and against all opponents not named North Central in the last four years. And I'm not trying to make bulletin board material for anybody, <laughs> all right? I promise. But you look at that, and you've already given them credit. And, like, I took a visit there. I know the caliber of, of program yeah, that they too. have. And yeah. just to see that stat, I think credit to Reddit College Football. They put that out there on Twitter a while back. And I remember reading that. And I was just taken aback by the number because it is incredible. So just reiterating, like, for you guys to go and do that in such a convincing fashion, and you've done it multiple times, like – get a little bit ahead of myself here, but do you think you're really laying the groundwork down to have, for lack of a better term, a dynasty of sorts down in Naperville with you guys? Yeah, man, each year, each year is different. And, you know, just to try my best to answer that question, uh, like me being able to be a part of the first one, right? Yeah. Uh, as a freshman, you know, as a guy who, who played all 15 games, uh, you know, like one of the biggest things I would say that I've learned at North Central College, you know, being a part of a program like ours 
is that you have to be a trailblazer, man, and and, and just blaze new trails for other people to become elite, man. It's not about you. and never it never is. It's always about the guys before you. It's always about the guys that are going to come after you. And it's all about uh, those seniors each and every year. So, uh, like Love I said, each year is different. So, like, we just go into it uh, and, and just try to give our best for all those people that I just named and honor those people. Uh, and we work extremely hard in the off season. So, when we are in those moments against those teams of the caliber of Mount Union, you know, we just want to find a way to win that game. And, and, yeah. and that's the only thing that matters. And fortunately enough, we've been able to do it the last, you know, three or four years. Totally. Now you've been in the role of trailblazer 2019 going, getting that done at the highest level. Um, a lot of that group I'm imagining that was a, still, is still around now on the other side of it, right? A few years later, more experience. You have the same result. Like you said, feels probably even sweeter than before. What was different, if anything, about this year's run, not being the trailblazer, being more of the veteran on that offensive line, in that offense, and just in that locker room? What was that like for you? Yeah, man, like, like, like I said, I still, I still got that feeling, you know, of, you know, being like a trailblazer just because of all the guys that, that, that is coming after me now and, and just seeing them come in as freshmen and, and growing in the, in the way that they grew. And then, you know, I'm a fourth-year senior, so uh, I was still behind all the fifth-year seniors, mm-hmm. fifth-year guys that we had come back uh, because of COVID, you know. So, you know, like just being being here for, for, for as long as I've been here, you know, I, like I said, I just try my best to, to do everything for everyone else, you know what I'm saying? Because because at the end of the day, is what it's about. And when we look at this stuff 10, 20 years from now, it's going to be like, man, look look where we were able to start. And, and, and hopefully it's still going uh, around that time. And, you know, that's something we could be extremely proud of. Hell yeah, man. I mean, man of the people. If they had a Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, like nomination or whatever, we'd put our word in for you. Appreciate you, bro. I mean, we can get, they got to have something like that. I haven't seen anything like that, but I feel no. like there's got to be some type of, you know, there's all these types of awards for kind of like the, the smaller school, quote unquote. Maybe we, we can get something started for you, huh? Yeah. That would be, <laughs> that would be dope, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you on that list, whatever the hell it is. We will come up with a name for it. Um, but kind of the last note on the, on the run, um, you guys made the run in 2019 under Coach Thorne. Not many teams are able to have that type of success have a switch at the head, coaching staff-wise, and repeat. Talk about that process and uh, and doing it under Coach Spencer and what he's he's brought to that team to, you know, enable you guys to not skip a beat and keep the wheels turning. Yeah, so uh, Coach Thorne and his dad, Coach John Thorne, you know, they, they got to North Central around 2006, a long time ago, and they, and they set a great foundation. And, and Coach Spencer, who is our head coach now, you know, uh, he, he, played for, he played for those guys. Yep. Uh, for for two years and then he coached with him for the last 20 uh so him coming in as the head coach and he was previously our our, our offensive coordinator the last few years him just coming in it, it, he didn't skip a beat on you know the things that he learned uh from uh coach John Thorne and, and coach Jeff Thorne over the years and you know we we, we kind of just picked up right where we left off you know, as far as our program and our traditions, nothing changed. You know, the only thing that changed was our head coach. Uh, you know, so he just kept us, you know, going. Uh, and when when he was announced in, you know, January or, or around last year, yeah, it was, you know, 
we as players, the, the guys that have been here for, for some years now, we knew that there was no better person, no one more deserving than Coach Spencer. So we were ex- extremely excited for him. So that made the, the fifth year's decision on coming back a lot easier. It made our decision as technically underclassmen, you know, uh, easier to continue to work as hard as we, we work yeah, and do the question. things that we do to, to, you know, to be successful year in and year out. And Coach Spencer, he has just done a great job. Like, super proud of him. Uh, it's an honor to play for him, and especially in this first year, going fifteen and zero and winning the national championship. You know, it it's it's amazing, saying, man. Dude, so you can't you can't write it up any better than that. That is why. I mean, that's what I was gonna say next. Like, obviously, you know, you guys have a great program in place, and you've got that culture, and he's been a part of that. But for him to come in and just to keep rolling, man, holy yep. shit! I mean, that is on. It's awesome. It's awesome to see um, at any level for sure. But uh, so you got you know one or two more years left eligibility wise. I got one year left, man. Just one. One more. Yes, sir. One more. What do you uh you already get a bachelor's or what are you majoring in? Uh, I'm a sports management major. Uh graduate from undergrad in May. Good stuff, man. Congrats in advance. Yeah. Nice, um, bro. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Good Good for appreciate you. it, man. Uh, what are the uh thank you? What are the aspirations for you after North Central? Are you trying to play at the next level if the opportunity is, you know, somewhat presents itself or Yes, sir. I would love to continue to play football, man. Uh Whatever opportunity, whatever league, you know, even overseas, man, I'm, I'm open to it all. Uh, I love this game, and I would love to play it as long as I possibly can. But, yeah. you know, if that doesn't work out, uh, I want to explore, you know, some career options uh, or, you know, hop right into to coaching, maybe becoming a GA, things like that. So, got a Shit, lot. If it doesn't got work out, man, I mean – you could talk. You could probably talk for a living too. You ain't yeah. done so bad today, uh, I appreciate you, brother. You've been awesome, man. I mean, that's really all I had for you. But just the back-to-back runs and and all that. Just like you said earlier, I think what kind of stuck with me is like what you're going to remember about this team and all these moments and those runs and being around those guys. Like I got to imagine the relationships that you have within that building and that locker room are just, you know. Yeah. It, you know. To be honest, I, I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that because this year has honestly like been the closest I've ever been with a football team, with a program. Like the shared experiences from you know, obviously you guys play ball. You know that you know what you know what how camp is. You know how summer is yep. like in off season lifts, and you know, and we also do Navy SEAL training. Uh, as well, okay. you know, some some years and, and 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 you know that that's a man that's something different. Like to be able to go through that, you know, I'm not going to get into too much detail about what we do, but like just away, to, man. So that's why you got yeah, the edge. You can't be giving out secrets like that. Yeah, like that is uh, <laughs> you know that that shared experience, man. It, it gives you so much perspective on life itself, man. And, it, it just made us so so much closer, so much closer as a team. And this has been the tightest group I've ever been a part of. And it's why we've had the best season in North Central history. Damn. I mean, you just, like, cut a promo for college football. Like, yeah. that's what it's supposed to be about. That's yeah. it, dude. That's the essence of it. But, Gerard, cannot say thank you enough, my guy. I really appreciate you, dude. Yes, sir, man. I appreciate you guys, man, everything you guys do for – for, for small schools, man, D2, D3, NAIA, JUCO, man, it, 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 it's outstanding because, like, you don't get a lot of guys that are willing, you know, to put in a lot of time and effort to go in to dive really deep into 
these levels and what we go through because this is grind too, man. We we do a lot of the same things that they do on oh, yeah. that on, you know on, the, on the higher levels, but they just get all the recognition for it uh, and things like that. And you know, so I'm happy that you guys are, are doing something like this, and I'm going to be an ambassador for you guys, a supporter for you guys, as, as long as you guys are continuing to do your thing with this pod, man. So man, I appreciate it. Vice versa, bro. Hell Vice yeah. Versa. You're going to be smiling through the rest of the episode, bro. I appreciate that. Like the most. Yeah. Seriously. All over. No bro. problem, man. Yes, sir. All right, man. Hey, we'll definitely be in touch. This will not be the last time you're on here. I'm going to tell you that right now. All right. Hey, hey, I'm with it, man. Just just, just hit me up. Let me know when. And, and I'm down for another one, man. Let's Anytime. go, brother. All right. Gerard, thank you so much, good dude. Luck, we'll be in touch. I'll catch you. Yes, yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Have a good one, man. Gerard, what a guy. Like, if we ever need a promo cut for D1 Rejects. A clip like that. Yeah, Gerard's going to be your guy. That was awesome. Yeah. I, like I told you just, like, after we finished that, like, one of my favorite interviews we've had. Super well-spoken, passionate dude. And, like, talk about cutting promos. Like, that's what college – like I said, that's what college football is about. Like, yep. those relationships, that journey, and uh, just kicking ass. The numbers for their offense – Surreal. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's like video games. Like it's said. like literally video game numbers. Um, and like I said, the Gallardi Award winner, which is like Heisman of D three, basically. That's the running back won that award. Ethan Greenfield, I believe his yeah. name is. So he had a, he had a hell of a year. But so many guys in that team that that were part of that success. Now, two teams, a lot of success this year: Georgia Bulldogs, TCU, the Horn Frogs, and. We talked about it. College football playoffs, the semifinal games, the best slate that we've had in our memory. Yep. Um, Horn Frogs coming on top of Michigan. Just kind of going over that game. Michigan, are they the better team? Maybe. Probably. Did they play better that day? No. Those turnovers, the timely decisions. Bad coaching, um, bad, bad playmaking, bad decision making. All yeah. of it. The fumble on the goal line was huge after that call, the Roman Wilson touchdown yeah. that was up in the air. And but, I will say, like, there was definitely plays that, like, people want to say it's, like, the refs. Like, but. I just don't think you can make, you can't have that argument hold up. Like, no in that, game's ever really. Yeah. I mean, no game bad, is absolved. But... No game is absolved from some type of officiating judgment. Right. It's part of the game. Yeah, yeah. So I get it, and I get the frustrations. I'd be frustrated too. But at the same token, if you're a championship-winning football program, right? Like in that example, it shouldn't even be at the at, at the point. It should not be at the expense of the refs. If you're head and shoulders above the team on the other side of the sideline, but. Credit to TCU. They took advantage of those opportunities, right? And there were a couple big plays. I know with their number one wide receiver, I forget. I'm blanking on his name. That Clinton, call. Yep. I know. Yeah, you know I'm talking Quinn about. Johnson. I believe that's his name. But those couple opportunities when they, they brought the corner blitz, safety doesn't come over, all of a sudden he's open for a big game. Yep. The next time they do the same thing, he's, I think, Duggan might have been rolling out. Maybe some type of broken play, but on his long touchdown, yeah. remember that one? Yeah. Broken coverage. Like, if you're a team like TCU, you have to take advantage of those big breakdowns whenever did. you can get them. They did a fantastic job of doing oh, that. Now, you got the yawns over uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward, though, to Georgia. Georgia is characteristically a team that doesn't do any of that shit. Right. Like, they don't make those mistakes. That's what they're known for, right? I Much mean, like, like Alabama-esque. They just gave up seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns. Very so true. Like, I mean, I, I really think Ohio State and TCU's offense isn't terribly different because Ohio State is really spread out, and so is TCU. Agreed. But with a lot Georgia's of that option, with the quarterback just, being a weapon out of the backfield the as well. The thing with Ohio State, though, I feel like is like their athletes lined up with Georgia so much better. That's exactly what I was about to ask you next, especially inside, interior. Yeah. And then obviously outside, I think it's a little bit of an easier argument, but on the interior is going to be very interesting. And a note that I had here is that TCU may be without their leading rusher, Kendry Miller. Yeah, he and did he's not look 
No, he's yeah. still questionable after hurting his knee last week against Michigan. Um, Macari Page had grabbed onto his leg, and, you know, like, what are you going to do? you got to make the tackle. But he's sitting there holding on, and he kind of turned the wrong way as someone who's been through a lot of that stuff. Like, gosh, that's hard to watch. Yeah. So it did not look good. He tried to come back. They didn't let him. Um, Sonny Dykes was hopeful that he'll be able to practice today as we're recording this on the 5th. Um, but that, that kid they brought in, though, was really good. I, yeah, he actually was. He did a good job. So I don't think they'll be really hurting, but, I mean, he's had 17 rushing touchdowns on the year over 1,000 yards. Like, yeah. He's had a career a year for, for sure. them. So that'll be a really interesting point. Also could lead to a lot more hits for Duggan, running the ball on the ground, yeah. who's already banged up. Right? I mean, so, every week, week in, week out. Exactly. So just I don't know if you really want that. Is, yeah. He's just he's built to take hits. It's a matter of well, he puts himself in positions to take hits. Not can he, but should. Yeah. Right. And how many can he take? Exactly. And we don't know what the depth of that quarterback room right. looks like. Right. I have no idea, literally. So Georgia, the obvious favorite. Will they dominate like people expect they will? Guys, we'll see. Toss up. I don't know. I really don't I really don't think Georgia can lose, but anything can happen, dude. That seems to be the general consensus, but it also was this last weekend. Right. And you, That's just, what I'm you just do not know. So last thing on this is that uh, McAfee, Pat McAfee and the boys are doing another mega cast on ESPN2 yeah, for the National yeah, Championship game. Cool. Huge gig for them. Very cool. Now, what did we think of that during the two semifinal games? The initial one was you had RG3, you had AQ Shipley, you had um, the new game day guy who's replacing Bear. I forget his name. And then you had Taylor Lewan, correct? That was that initial crew. And they mm-hmm. had some pretty funny moments. Um, really cool one was RG3 it had um, his wife was going into labor, labor in the middle sweet. and he sprints off like those moments are those candid kind of moments yeah. are pretty fun but uh, I found that I couldn't watch that for too long yeah I mean it's definitely something like at half you go listen to and like before the game des- definitely yeah but like during the game it's a lot yeah I feel like you can start was. the game like it just because like it's a I don't know but. I found myself flipping back and forth a little yeah. bit if I just wanted to switch it up because yeah. it's a very different experience right but um it, w- it was pretty cool different and then, outlook at the game yeah. too and then obviously McAfee and his crew had the later the later slate the game Ohio State and they were just they were full of it man they're just yeah. funny they're just goons so they're funny dude I'm definitely uh definitely looking forward to that one but we can stay on, on college football for just a second this is my one piece that I wanted to, uh, us to react to today and that is a big announcement out of the Miami football program that they've put on Twitter. And I'll pull up the tweet here. It says that they are proud to announce our new on-campus forever home. The state-of-the-art complex will provide the best necessities and amenities in sports medicine, strength conditioning, nutrition, sports psychology, and personal branding services. So if I pull up the video here, we're going to go ahead and bring this all the way back to the start. This is the forever home for the hurricane football program that's going to be constructed. So what does that what does that mean? Reportedly costs are going to be over like $250 million is what I'm reading from a couple different sources. Forever home just meaning like their base center of operations, just listing all those things. So it's going to be like a one-stop shop for all things Miami football. And even you had like the personal brand type in there. So they're embracing that side of the changing college landscape yeah. as well. Did you see that last? Can we go? Let's go back to that. Did you see this right here? What? It's ridiculous, dude. <laughs> what? Just look at that, bro. That is unreal. I've never seen anything like that. And again, it's a render, like, you know, maybe, but like, they are sinking yeah. some money into this. So I am excited to see whenever the hell this comes out, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. This has been kind of a wave, too. Like, we keep seeing all these different things, like TCU. We just had just unveiled yeah. their new sports athletic complex. Uh, and I think there's a couple other ones that had come out, too, that we've kind of reacted to as they've uh, come about. But this might actually be the most ambitious one that we've seen yet. 
I mean, it's Miami, so you really got to take advantage of like where it's at. Oh, and I think they certainly, they yeah. certainly do. Look at all these open like terraces with yeah. the the views out to. There's the skyline right in the background. That picture is stunning. Yeah, like that is unreal. So there's the overhead, and that's where it's going to fit that's in. Pretty cool. I don't pity the person whoever has to plan that. Certainly, um, but I mean, for the players, my gosh, yeah. Like, could you have much better of a recruiting tool to try and get that's guys? What I'm saying on they try, they're like get that shit it's as, unreal. Get that shit out as fast as you can, because then just more people see it and. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good for the program. It's great for it's good for college football too. Yeah. Uh, just a growing business now. NFL wise, the playoff picture it might be getting even more interesting. We hinted at it in the introduction a bit. The NFL has decided to cancel the Bengals Bills game, which has really many problems for lack of a better term, when it comes to seeding, because they may have to go off of a team's winning percentage as opposed to the records, the matchups, the head-to-head games, those type of things. Um, still will be weighed in, but the winning percentage will ultimately be one of the final determinants because you don't have games, teams, excuse me, that have played the same amount of games. Mm-hmm. Or tiebreakers. Yeah, tiebreakers and things, they all get switched up, right? So just from a CBS article, I pulled these. Here are several wild scenarios that the league is reportedly considering for the AFC side of the playoffs because that's Bills and Bengals, obviously, yeah. both AFC. The first one is that the number one seed gets to pick home field advantage or a first-round bye. One or the other. So this is all recording to Schefter, of course, Schefter. The league is kicking around the idea of giving the one seed the option of taking either home field advantage or getting a first-round bye. The number two seed would get the leftover option. So say the Chiefs are the one seed in the AFC and they pick a bye in the first round. That would mean the Bills or the Bengals, whoever's a two seed, they would get a home game the first round of the playoffs. Oh, okay. And, and you know, et cetera, those type of things. So if you pick a home game, then the other team's going to get a first round bye. But then I was, I don't know, then they're playing on the road yeah, after that. I'm yeah. not really sure what that entails. I don't really think that really, like, is that I know, it didn't seem that. But, like, maybe after the bye, you have to play on the road. Yeah, it didn't really specify. Yeah. That could definitely play into that, it's right? more than just that. Yeah, it has to be. Now, the other one was a neutral site AFC title game. Another idea that was uh, being considered by the league would have to be a neutral site AFC championship, but only if the Bengals or Bills made it to the game. So if the Chiefs made it to the number one seed, they would host any team seeded fourth or worst, but they would play at a neutral site against the Bills or the Bengals. And I guess the argument for that would be that the Bills and the Bengals both didn't have the right to compete for the one spot in the AFC given their cancellation. Yeah. I don't Could you imagine having to sit at a round table with a bunch of executives and think this shit up? Yeah, like what the hell? Dude, like, who are these guys making like, these? Because the problem is there's so much money tied in yeah. all of this. And like it's just going absolutely crazy. So you have to sit down and just please absolutely everyone and fill in every blank and just do everything to the T. And I just could not imagine being part of that conversation. Yep, you're not getting paid enough money. That's all I know. I'm sure they probably are being compensated quite fairly. I don't know. Dude. <laughs> yes, dude. You know anyone you, working high up for the badge or the shield I should say not the badge sorry the shield yeah yeah my bad <laughs> they're not law enforcement yeah. but they may as well be probably I mean cow. they're probably getting paid pretty good but yeah I wouldn't want to do it yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting and then talk about two like our lions the grit tees yeah, show it yep they had thrown like that I don't know where that idea came from of like the eight teams yeah, in the another, playoffs, another right? team so, going in the playoffs. Yeah, so where, where did you hear about that? I just saw it in well, with the group chat we had, but there's, yeah. a, there's an article about it, actually. Yeah. I see it right now. So, really, the idea was being thrown around to, to have eight teams in the playoffs instead of seven, which, you know, the seventh team would be the first 
that first seed getting the bye in week one. Now, this would obviously enable an extra team to get in, which for a team like the Lions on the bubble right now competing for a spot in the playoffs would be, I mean, instrumental in getting them okay, to the Okay, so here, here's what Pro Football talks said earlier. Here's our look where things are at. Um, one, number one, the bills Bengals game. Two, NFL figuring out what to do with AFC seeding. Three, neutral site for AFC championship is possible. And four, expansion for playoff fields to eight teams in AFC and NFC is possible. So it's wow. all these possibilities right now. Yeah. But, like, I could really see them doing that just for money. Money. It's an extra like game. Imagine, like, extra another game. playoff, quote-unquote, game. And, like, right now, so the one seed in the NFC, a couple weeks ago you would have said, okay, Philadelphia's got it locked up. They don't. They could drop to the five. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane. So it'll be Philadelphia, Dallas, or 49ers, right? Mm-hmm. If you're the Lions, you're, if you know, hypothetically speaking, you go to the eight seed, eight team playoff, right? That one seed is going to get the last seed. Well, they get the buy, or they get a buy. Well, if you go to an eight team playoff, they don't get a buy. Yeah, facts. Cause right, because there's no teams. yeah, because you're not gonna give the last seed a buy. So, or you're not gonna give the two seed a buy as well. So, if you're the Lions and you get in that last spot. Who do you want to play out of, out of those three? Philadelphia, Dallas, or the 49ers? I say Philadelphia. I don't know. I don't want to play the 49ers. Neither do I, but I don't want to play in Dallas. You know what I mean? I don't want to do that. That's what I'm saying. I say Eagles. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would have to, too, but I don't think Dallas is good. I just don't. I know that if we went to Dallas, we some bullshit would happen and we'd get screwed. <laughs> like, that's the only reason I'm not saying Dallas. <laughs> And it's, it's true. That's what would happen. That's funny. It'll be very interesting. So for the Lions to get into the playoffs this week, uh, their game against the Packers flexed Sunday Night Football. They're rooting for the um, Seahawks. The Rams. Or, yeah, Not, Rams. I was say, rooting for the Seahawks. They're rooting for the Rams, Baker Mayfield and the Rams, to upset the Seahawks in their last game of the year to uh, jockey the Lions into position. Then, of course, they'll take advantage of that Packers game. And finish that off. But uh, I said we'll keep it short on this episode. We're going to do just that. Thank you for listening. Great interview with Gerard. Yep. And uh, that's about it from D1R. Be sure to tune in. Like I said, a lot Steve of great woo. guests coming down the line. Appreciate it.